If you think that's a good road, then by all means, continue driving straight ahead. If you're like me, bitch and complain. That's how things get changed around here. God, I love it when you whine like my seven-year-old. <laughs> Is that not true? Good for you. Very good. All right, I'm ready. All right. Welcome back to the Unrestricted Folks. I'm Vex. We got no bulldog today. He's busy at work. Oh. I know. I well, mean, I miss him so. I know. We do. But he'll be back soon enough. That's Wally and that's Bob. What's Hi. up, Bob? Hi. How are you? I'm okay. You happy a, about your 49ers? A, that was a good game. Yeah, 49ers are good. I feel so good about my bet on them to win the NFC. I feel so good about that. They just need to remain healthy. Yep. That's that a big reg- deal. Is that a regular season title or? Yeah, regular season title. Okay. Yeah. I, I and I feel that. pretty good about it. Okay. Um, we got a lot to talk about today, boys and girls. The Cowboys. Did we learn anything? I don't know. The Spurs. What have we learned so far? Texas. The University of Texas. God damn it. They almost blew it. Uh, the Texans all of a sudden look like they're a real football team. And Jimbo Fisher is finally fired. God bless. We got a lot to, a lot to get to. But first. Yes, first. River City Refuels, the sponsor of this program. They're a vending machine that comes to your business. Yes, that's right. They just drop off the box right there. They put it in your business, and it's actually tailored to you and your employees. So they don't have, you know, Marlboro lights in there and, you know, and, and what were the long skinny cigarettes? Virginia, Virginia Slims. Slim. Yeah, they don't have those. That, that, that's not in your vending machine, unless, of course, you like all that stuff. It's, you know, loaded with stuff like Devil's Food Donut Holes that Bob brought in today. You know, Mrs. Freshly's Donuts, Ramen Noodles, those kind of things. Uh, nut bars, whatever. What the hell's a nut bar? Nut bar? I'm not quite sure what a nut bar is, but... <laughs> nut bar? It's completely cashless. Is it gooey? It's like Chippendales. It, it might be gooey, it might be chewy, maybe caramel. Chippendales? <laughs> Chippendales. You're going, down a, you're going down a different road, <laughs> sir. Uh, anyway, it is a vending machine for your business. They they completely fill it up so you don't have to do anything. Uh, and it's great for office buildings, an apartment complex. They should have one down here in this building, actually. Uh, this building should call this number 6305973. 6305973. It's River City Refuels, a vending machine for your business. I heard that you went to a Spurs game this weekend. I did go to a Spurs game this weekend. I told you guys, uh, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I bought season tickets. Yep. Mm-hmm. I bought the 10-game plan or the 9-game plan, whatever it was, uh, for the purpose of giving them away on my food truck, Wally's right. Deli food truck. It was, an, I hadn't been to the, I hadn't been to the arena, uh, and first of all, seeing Wemby in person is incredible because at that point is when you it really dawns on you how tall this freaking kid is because you're you know we're standing like on the third or fourth level of the seats um and he's looking you right in the eye yeah he's, <laughs> and, we're pretty, and we're pretty much finally reached his height which is which is bizarre um and I'll say this at, at this point um I'll I'll make this bet that because to me a generational player comes around once in a while uh, if that's the, if it's that's supposed the, to be once per generation, yeah, I once think per generation, yeah, in a definition. while. Uh, so if that's the case, then Wemby is not a generational player because he's got a player that he's going against tonight in Chet Holmgren, who is just as good as he is currently. 
Currently. Currently. Currently. Just as good. Currently. Okay. But the, yeah, we're talking about 19 and a 20-year-old, okay, right? So Chad Holmgren can't get any better? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, he certainly can, and, okay. and he probably will. But I think we've seen the ceiling on Victor Wembanyama is a dominant force. I don't know that we've seen that from Chad Holmgren. And, I and haven't the, seen enough of Chad Holmgren yeah. to, to make that determination yet. And, and the X factor on Chet's career is going to be his durability, because he already sat one year on an injury. How so, different is that than, than Wimby's? ceiling isn't the big variable health well for both of them yeah sure. it, it, it is but we have we have one example of, of chet sitting out a season oh, on true. an injury so true fact how does he recover true fact that's a great game tonight by the yeah. way spurs versus okc yeah okc is bit. okc is good and one of the reasons i think that you see chet holmgren's numbers by comparison to wimby being mm, Favorable, shall we say, or at least the equal of Victor Wimbanyama? I have I them for you, Jeff. Believe it or not, how about that? Give him, give him to me in just a second. But let me finish oh, my point. All right, then. okay. <laughs> One of the reasons I think that you see Chad Holmgren's numbers being just as good is that he has an awesome team around him. He has a playoff team built around him. He has an all-star, a top ten player in the league in Shea Gilgis Alexander, a, okay. a distributor who can make sure that he gets him open. Wimby's having to do it by himself. Give me those numbers. I should probably should have let you do it first. That's okay. So they're playing uh, the same amount of minutes, thirty minutes a game. Uh, the difference here, and you'll see this in the numbers, is that Victor's taking six more shots per game. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, so that affects Wemby's shooting percentage, which is 44%, where Holmgren's is 54%. Yep. Round up 55-45. Uh, let's see. Three-point percentage. Uh, Wemby's taken uh, 5.7 shots. Chad Holmgren's 3.6. And Victor's at 30%. Holmgren's at 50%. Free throws. Eh. Holmgren's 90 Victor is seven and a half rebounds a game, eight point eight, just about nine for Wemby, and just about eight for Chet. Points per game, sixteen point four for Holmgren, and nineteen point seven for Victor. Again, when you're shooting six more shots per game, eh, your average is going to go. Your points per game is going to go up. So, so what do you take away from that, Walter? Um, you can make the argument they're even. Okay. Okay. The the numbers are, are very comparable. One may be better than the other, uh, and that's arguable who it is. But if you're going to tell me that Wemby's a generational player, uh, if the definition of a generational player, as you said, is a guy that only comes around once a generation, well, then that, that can't be true because Chet Holmgren is just as good as Wembyama at this point as far as numbers-wise. I, I haven't seen Chet Holmgren play a full game. I will tomorrow. I have, and it's awfully good, but he is by no means the center of their offense. He is an option, just like everybody else, where option number one is SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Okay. Okay? It's, it's just a different situation that he's in. Now, let me ask you a question. Okay. Was Bill Russell a generational player? Sure. Was Will Chamberlain a generational player? Yes. Didn't they go head-to-head? Didn't they battle? Isn't that two generational players within the same generation? Because what we've seen from Chet Holmgren versus Victor Wimbanyama since they were like 16 years old, by the way, okay. is that these two guys are the future head-to-head -head heavyweight matchup of the world. It's, 
Ali Frazier or Ali Foreman, whatever you, however you want to look at it, where there's two big guys who are going to butt heads for an entire generation and define each other by how, okay, how one beats up on the other or not, right? You got to have a good measuring stick. And I think that the, the Wimbanyama versus Holmgren thing is going to be a measuring stick for either player for the rest of their careers. Okay. I think I think those are all great points, and I I don't I can't disagree with any of that. So I think maybe I had the issue I may have would be the definition of a generational player. I think we have two of them. We we have the potential to have two of them. Let me get to the uh, rest of the uh, uh, of the evening. Yeah. Uh, oh, at the Spurs game. Yeah. Yes. And first Give of all, the, the 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 issue with the Spurs continues to be. The, the issue it's been for the last two years is they can't shoot three-pointers and their defense is terrible. Uh, although we did see better defense from them on uh, against Miami on Sunday night at the game I was at, so that was good. Uh, Jeremy Sohan, I know you don't like it, but he is the point guard and will be the point guard, and that's the way it goes. He has the height. He's getting better with every single game. He's, uh, his handle's getting a little bit better, and I thought he was very good on Sunday, and we'll see if that carries over to tonight. But I don't like it. He is the point guard for the future. I don't like it. I don't Why? see him ever developing into an actual point guard. I, I can see him being a ball-handling forward. Okay, that's fine by me. Okay. But positionally, he's not a point guard. It's as a guy who he wasn't, used, he's just learning the position. So I, I understand it's so hard to learn that position when you haven't been raised to do it. I mean, point guard is not something that is there another example of a guy who just turned into a point guard late in life. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Hey, Pop, Pop's I mean, trying to do this with him. And as he said, you know, sometimes I get tired of doing this shit as he said. And, and my, Retort to that would be, well, you got no choice, dude. You're either the point, you're either going to be the point guard or you're not going to be on this team because what else, what else is he going to be? I don't know. Could he take the place of Keldon Johnson and be a point forward? Yeah, but he, you know, he, you would think, well, maybe, maybe he could be, you know, because he's a good defensive player, maybe he could be the next Bruce Bowen, but you know, he'll have to develop a three point shot. Uh, and, you know, you're starting to see a little bit of that in his game. I think he just needs a little bit of time. Uh, you got to be patient with Sohan. And I am being patient. I think it's there. I am being patient. I don't see what you're seeing. Okay. I don't see that it's there. Um, you know, I've seen shooting guards transform into point guards. I don't know that I've ever seen a guy of his size who's really a 3-4 turn into a point guard. I can't I can't recall that ever happening. Fascinating to see how it all works. Let's get to my arena experience on oh, Sunday. Oh boy, no. here's the, your chance to blow up the Spurs. So when was the last time y'all went to a, to a game? I went opening night. You went opening night? Yeah. Okay. I haven't been to the arena. It's been some time since I've been there without a Spurs media credential. If you're listening to the program, I was the Spurs media credential for, I don't know, a decade, 10 years, maybe something along those lines. So, Did you just ask the audience if they're listening to the program? Because they definitely <laughs> are. Yeah, this is true. That's a good point. That's a, that's a very good point, Jeff. Thank you very much. So uh, we're in the arena, and I went with my my 14-year-old son. So we, we end up going to some place called Burger Tekka. Uh-huh. I, yes. I, I went up there as well. Right, so Burger for Tekka. For $17 burger. This is true. So... We, my son and I, I looked at the price. I go, holy crap! So we split a cheeseburger that comes with a side of fries, and we bought two twenty-ounce bottles of sodas. Uh, any idea, Bob, how much we paid? A burger, a cheeseburger, 
With fries. With fries. It comes with it, so it's already there. And two bottles of soda. At a sports arena. Yep. Just north of 30. Yeah. Just north of 30 would be correct. 31 bucks, and that, to me, is outrageous. I, I couldn't believe it. Here's, here's some perspective for you, folks. I sell a burger on my food truck, it, and, and by the way, I drive to your freaking neighborhood. All right? You could get bacon on it. You can get cheese. You can get whatever the hell you want on it. Two three-ounce patties comes on my sandwich, and you can get two cans of soda. You know what that's going to cost you? $11.50. Not $31. And fifty cents, eleven fifty. Save a twenty dollar bill. That's all. I, I don't know who's profiting here. I don't know whether the Spurs have a hand in this. I don't know whether the food service is owned by the city, the the county. I don't know who's in charge of that, how that all runs. But I, I can just come to this conclusion: they're gouging you. Yes. And yes. don't buy. And don't buy there. So if you go to what, here's my advice to you: Sneak if you go to food? the Spurs game, don't buy food. Make sure you eat before you go there. And that's a problem when you go to Spurs game because there's no restaurants in that area at all. Right. It's a big and problem. And that's been the that's been the criticism of that arena for the Let for me the, ask you a question. The entire time. When you got to the game the other day, were there food trucks at the at the outside area? I didn't get to that area. Okay. I know where you're talking about the outdoor yeah. garden Pavilion. thing out there. Yeah. I did not go out there, so I don't know. When I went on opening night, I full well expected that there would be a stack of food trucks as there have been in past years. Right. Um, At least one. There were not. Interesting. It was opening night, and there were none. And I have gotten used to, or I had gotten used to, going to Spurs games and going to a place called the Slider Provider. Have you ever been to their food truck? Slider Provider used to come to Clear Channel every week. They're awesome. Yes. They make great little burgers. It's not $31. Except for peanut butter and jelly does not belong on a hamburger oh, ever. I Ooh, used to eat that one, and it is so stopper. good. Yes, it stupid. is so good. It's a stupid hamburger. No, absolutely not. My point in bringing this up is that I think the Spurs squashed it, squashed it so that their indoor uh, concessions can make all the money rather than that local would, food trucks, which really pisses me off. That would make sense to me. I think that's fair. Yeah. It's not it's not so cool to me because <laughs> you're talking about local food trucks. You're talking I, about small businesses. I people that, like Wally's it, Deli. But if you're gonna put if you're gonna put restaurants and and eateries inside the arena, then you shouldn't have food trucks outside. It makes it a competition, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Fair All enough. Right, so here so here's the other so that was outrageous to me. The other part about this was I go down to the lower bowl with my son, right? This is about an hour before the game. So you have some of the players shooting around. You have Victor Wimbayama's out there, nice. you know, warming up and stuff like that. And I also see Bruce Bowen there. And to be honest, I had somewhat of a, I think it's, I, I, th I would call it a relationship with Bruce. Uh, he talked all the time uh, during media sessions with the Spurs when he was on the team. Yeah, he was and, like the voice of the Spurs. Yeah, because he would just, the Spurs designated him, hey, if, if you need somebody to talk to, yeah, it's going to be Bruce Bowen. Before him, it was Malik Rose. Yes, they always designate one guy. And if you did not know this, I covered practice for the Spurs for years. So I would go to every practice. I was the only radio guy in town that did that. And so I would talk to him all the time. And so I got to find out that Bruce was a big Cowboys fan and he got to know that I was a Jets fan. So we would give each other crap all the time and, and, you know, go back and forth. 
But then the uh, the new rule came out in the NBA about getting underneath somebody's feet defensively. Mm-hmm. Okay, that to me, it's the anybody Bruce Bowen else, rule. That is the Bruce Bowen rule because that's what Bruce Bowen used to do. He was a dirty player. That was a dirty play. There's no question about it. If you disagree, you're an idiot and you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, so. Okay. So Bruce goes on social media and rips, rips the rule. And I said to Bruce, how could you rip the rule? You invented it. He blocked me. He blocked me on Twitter. I saw him sometime later he after that. He blocked you? Yes, he blocked me. So I see him later on sometime down the road. Uh, and he's uh, he's in front of a restaurant. I'm driving past. And I'm, I go, hey, Bruce! And he waves to me. I go, dude, I'm sorry, man. Oh, it's all good. We're all good. So that was so it was it was pretty much over. Um, Until so I wanted to say hello to him on Sunday when I saw him. So I shouted out his name. I'm I'm probably like standing at the fifth row behind the basket. There's no there's not a lot of people in the arena still. Uh, and Bruce is sitting in those first three rows on the floor, right? I go, Bruce! Hey, Bruce! And so this older woman, a security guard there at the arena, shooed me away. <laughs> hey, you can't, you can't. She's telling me, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. I go, what? And I'm thinking to myself, what? And listen, as I said, I'm a non-Spurs media member now. So this isn't about me not, you know, having a credential, all that kind of stuff. And who the hell do you think you are to push me out? But it's like the Gestapo is running the at <laughs> or the Frost Bank Center. How bad is that? I don't know. You sounded like a psycho fan there to me. No. Yeah. Hey, Bruce. Yeah. You agree, yeah. Bob? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. Bruce. He's just sitting there Save watching. Me. And, and they shooed me away and said, you're going to need to go up there. Where's your ticket? You know, let me, uh, you know, and of course, there's no paper tickets anymore in this world. So where's your seats, sir? I said, they're upstairs. Well, you're going to need to go sit. And I thought, really? Oh, kiss my ass on that. It's early. You got you got the, the, the highlight of the NBA season in Victor Wembayama, and fans are trying to get a little closer look at him, and you're not allowed on the floor? That's Why? garbage. That's garbage. It's Gestapo. <laughs> <laughs> listen. Okay, I, let's I've, let's I've been, let's tone down the Nazi rhetoric. <laughs> I, listen, I, I've been very I've been critical of this, and you know, and listen, and people have always criticized me for being a whiner. I complain too much. I remember seeing a billboard no. in San Antonio not too long ago that says don't, that don't complain. I go, that's the stupidest effing thing I've ever seen. Listen, folks, let me th- let me give you a little lesson. If you don't complain, then things will continue down the road that they're going. And if you think that's a good road, then by all means, continue driving straight ahead. If you're like me and you think the fucking country's fucked up, well, then bitch and complain. That's how things get changed around here. God, I love it when you whine like my (laughs) seven-year-old. Is that not true? I mean, complain is a different word than criticize to me. I mean, I'm perfectly aware that things don't change unless you call attention to it. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Complaining to me, connotes my seven-year-old who whines Nobody about Nobody knows what connotes means. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, so pr- uh, I, I take a trip up to New York a couple uh, You're complaining about me two using months ago. connotes. Yeah, connotes, that's a stupid word. I've never even heard that word before. So, <laughs> so I go up to New York 
uh, I rented a car from Priceline. Priceline says it's fifty nine dollars for the for the for the car. I go, holy crap! That's a what a great deal. I'm booking that. I book it. I fully expect to pay fifty nine dollars a day for that car. I end up having to pay over three hundred dollars. I go on social media and I immediately complain to Priceline. I go, you are screwing people. And they get with me immediately. I'll immediately. It, it, not even an hour passed by where Priceline said, please DM us. We'd like to talk about the situation. Of course, because they don't want to be ripped. And that's how things change. Because you complain, you let the company know that this is bullshit. You let the AT&T or Frost Bank Center or the Spurs or whoever it is, let them know that you cannot charge me $31 for a freaking hamburger and two sodas. <laughs> You know, this leads really well into Jimbo Fisher, by the way. Let's have it. How much money is that guy? What do you always say, Bob? The The best best job in the world is a fired college football coach. I mean, it really is. Hey, let me give you a little bit of a breakdown on Jimbo's money that's coming. You ready for this? I know this, but go ahead. Okay. 25% of his deal, almost a little bit more than $19 million, is due within 60 days in lump sum. Yes. Okay. Another $7 million within 120 days. Which is the first installment of eight installments. Yes. Yep. Or they may make a deal possibly to just pay a lump sum up front, like 80 cents on the dollar of his $78 million, and you know maybe give him $55 million or something like that. There's more for the Aggies. They've got to buy out the rest of the staff. Yep. That's eight million bucks. <laughs> now they have to hire a new coach. What do you think that's gonna be? A lot. Around seven or eight million. A lot less. A year. Buying out the new con their their new coach's contract from the school that he's at. That's another seven or eight million bucks. All told, we're talking about something like... I don't think Jeff Trailer has a buyout at UTS. Well, that would be one guy. But if it's one of the other guys... Yeah. Most guys. Most, most coaches. Yeah. Most coaches. They're going to be paying 7 or $8 million just to get them. Then but, pay them 7 or $8 million per annum. So what it adds up to is about $55 million in the next 120 days. Which, which... You know what it adds up to, Bob? I'll tell you what it adds An up to. An absolute farce and fraud upon the people of the state of Texas. I never, ever, ever want to hear anybody laugh at the New York Mets and the Bobby Bonilla contract, okay? <laughs> because the Aggies have won the race. Congratulations. Texas A&M has finally won something. They have given out the worst contract in sports history. It's no longer Bobby Bonilla. No, 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 no. It is Jimbo Fisher. Sounds a little like Bobby Bonilla, doesn't Jimbo Bobby? Yeah, a little bit. But this is the worst contract in sports history. It's not even close. The Aggies win. They didn't even get to and wins. It was a bad era. It was a bad contract from the very start. We all said it when he signed it. Uh, the Aggies are paying way too much money for this guy. And we all said, well, if they're going to pay him that kind of money, then he better win a championship. And they didn't. And, uh, you know, I they said, didn't approach it. They, no. they extended him after a season in which he lost big and didn't even come into the national championship conversation. And that was the pandemic season. Is there a way out for the Aggies? Looking around, the you and I have talked about it on the show. All the things that we hear is Jeff Trailer is that guy. Now, the national media seems to think that it's 
maybe Duke's Mike Elko or Florida State's uh, Mike Norvell. Uh, there's other head coaches. Oregon's head coach is in the mix. Washington's head coach. Well, the Oregon coach said yesterday he's not interested. He's not going anywhere. So his cross his name off the list. Yeah, and then it would be a lateral Dan, move. Lanning, Lanning, Lanning. Yeah. La- I would say. Would you stay? Would you go at where Oregon is now? Would you go to Texas A and M? No, no, that's a lateral no, no, or it's downward not, it's, move. It's a downward move. That's you, not a lateral move. Yeah. If you take on. I mean, this is, makes so much sense to us. It's not even funny, uh, and and anybody that disagrees with this is just being. Silly. Oh, I love it when you say that. Of course, because this is. We all know what this state is all about. This state is all about the people that live here. Nobody else. They don't want outsiders. They want one of their own. And the the one guy, the one candidate that fills that is Jeff Trailer. He's a Texan. You want to succeed at these Texas schools, then you need to bring in one of your own. And I'm not saying he had to go to Aggie Land and had to go to College Station, but he has to be a Texan. You can't get somebody that you know is from Oregon. You can't get somebody that coaches in Florida. That doesn't happen. You need to get somebody that's got the Texas high school connections like Jeff Trailer does. You got to because. Man, Someone once said, in a while, you stumble onto an excellent point. Well, and a, right here, right now, you did so. You well, are 100% right. Absolutely. You have to get a head coach who has established relationships with high school coaches from the area and the neighboring states. But the other, but the other guy will tell you, yeah, but you need to recruit out, outside Texas. No, you don't. Bullshit. No, you don't. Te- mm. If you recruited the best players in this state, you could win a title every single freaking year. I mean, yeah, it's nice to get some players from surrounding states, from sure. Oklahoma, from Louisiana. Those are all those are all well and good. And if you're coaching you know, in College Station and you're scouting Houston, it's pretty easy to go across the border to Louisiana. If you're scouting Dallas, it's pretty easy to go across the border to Oklahoma. It's not that hard. I mean, this is just part of being UT. If UTSA could recruit and keep the best players in San Antonio, here in San Antonio, they would be a top 25 team perennially. Perennially. But you can't can't keep all of them. Uh, The best ones still go to Texas. The best ones still go to Oklahoma. If you can keep all those kids here, they would be a top 25. I'm not saying, you know, uh, a national title contender, but that's that's how it works. There's enough players here in this state uh, to be a national title contender if you got all of them. So you you've got to um, you've got to make the call here. You've got to hire. Jeff Trailer to me, this is just an absolute no-brainer. I would be more shocked if they don't offer it than he accepts it. Uh, I mean, if he gets I'm offered the job, he he accepts it. N- not even it's not even a question. Uh, if anybody thinks otherwise, you, you're foolish. Um, recruiting recruiting is only one part of the equation in college football these days. I mean, how how successful do you think Trailer can be working the portal? That's that's another part of college football today. Sure. If you're not successful working the portal, you're not going to be in that in that national relevancy. I'm looking at you, Clemson. Do you know what sells the portal though? I think more than the head coach is how much NIL money <coughs> they're capable of making. And at Texas A&M, with that's the deep not a question. That's a not a yeah, problem. So I think not that sells itself in a in a sense without the head coach's input. But I would add that you have to take care of the boosters. That's a big deal. And if Jeff Trailer is good at that, if you know, it that was, appears that way here. It, it does. Yep. It does. If he's good at that and if he can keep 
you know, the wall built around the city of Houston where the, 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 the talent from Houston goes to College Station, then he'll be fine. I think, and if you're a UTSA fan and you're worried, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? Well, I mean, the, the answer is right up I-35, obviously. G.J. Uh, Kenny, or uh, do I have that right? G.J. Kinney, uh, the Texas State head coach, should be, and I would fully expect him to be the next head coach at UTSA. Um, he does a great job. He did a great job here at UIW. Uh, he's doing a great job at Texas State. Uh, I would expect him to be the next head coach. Let me take one last chance of taking a shit on Jimbo Fisher. Okay. He actually did get talent. I mean, Texas A&M's recruiting classes over the last several mm -hmm. years have been top five recruiting classes. Quarterback what, has been a problem. What Jimbo has not been able to do is get a quarterback. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. And he hasn't been able to be a good fucking coach. He can't win. He can't, he can't take blue chip athletes and win football games in the SEC. That's his fault. That's on him. You got the guys. You couldn't win games. That's your fault. I hope he's done with coaching. And by the way, I think he is. Go, you know, $76 million that doesn't need to do anything. Yeah, That's exactly <laughs> right. And by the way, UTSA fans should not make any noise, shouldn't make any chatter. Pipe down because you're the same group that voted down the increase in athletics fee a couple of weeks ago. Okay. So pipe down. Um, seventy-six million. God, that's enough well, to like run away with, isn't so, it? So you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, Bob no. and I were having this discussion earlier to, yeah. earlier before the show. How many donuts you could buy with seventy-six million? Sure. No, 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 no. How much money it would take for you to just you know disappear, run away? Like fifty thousand bucks. That's not enough, right? Of course not. No, but like, what is enough? What is enough to pack up, get off the grid, and never come back? Yes. yes. <sighs> Let's see. At my, well, it, you know, it, it really depends. First of all, it would depend on how old you are. Yeah. So I'm 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 a year away from being sixty. So like so six bucks for you? Jackass. <laughs> uh ten million. Ten million. Ten wow, million? that's a lot. That is more than I thought. I thought you'd go for a lot lower. To be honest. Why? Because you only have a couple of years left. Stupid ass. <laughs> <laughs> Say, uh, uh, we'll look at it this way. What is it, what is life expectancy in the United States? Seventy five, seventy eight, something like that. All right, that. so say say you live to all right, say you live to eight. Let's make it a round number. We get to eighty. Okay. All right, so you got twenty years left for me. Twenty years left. Um, how much money do you need to survive on a yearly basis? Is that half a million dollars a year? That would that would bring you to your ten million. Hundred a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. In Belize or wherever you're going to go to live off the grid. Yeah, so $100,000. I think $100,000 a year is what's. So that's $2 million bucks. Okay, no. $2 million? Have much, a little extra. Much higher than that. You're I mean, going for I mean, more. To, to go off the grid, leave everything behind, go totally dark, walk away from everything, it's more in the eight figure. Ten really? plus. Yeah, 10 plus. For you. For me. Oh, God, it's so much less for me. <laughs> it's so much less. <laughs> really? Oh, man. You threw two million bucks. If I won the lottery tomorrow, you'd never see me. Do you again. play the lottery? No, hell no. You don't. No. You know what? I've gotten into the lottery. I I try to play as regularly as possible. Do you really? Yes. God, that is such a sign. Someone has sign to win. Sign of what? <laughs> sign of desperation. Uh huh. <laughs> you found the word. There you go. Yes. So, 
Someone has to win. Why can't it be me? All That's right. That's exactly right. Exactly right. We got to get out of here. Let's go through some things really fast. Okay. Were you impressed with the Texans as I was? I, listen, I, I talked about C.J. Stroud from the very start. Uh, I was impressed with him in preseason. He's a terrific player. And I uh, I said on Sunday, the Houston Texans are uh, will make the playoffs. C.J. Stroud. Maybe a legitimate MVP candidate as a rookie. It's yes. coming. It's coming. We are about two weeks away from having that real conversation. Houston's schedule is such that they can win some games coming up here in the uh, in the following like four weeks. So I would not be surprised to see them sitting at like oh seven and five, eight and six, something like that. And if they are, they're going to be talking about C.J. Stroud. You know what I liked about him uh, on Sunday? He he thanked the Lord. Uh, and he never cursed. Um, the Michigan assistant coach, after they won the game the other day on Saturday in the post-game interview, said shit and said fucking while being on live television. He knew it. Uh, and he's as he's as he's crying like a little baby, get the hell off my freaking TV. Have some respect. Don't be a jackass. And you can see C.J. Stroud, he's a respectful gentleman. And the Michigan assistant coach was a jackass and, frankly, didn't get enough Blackboard, in my opinion. Cowboys, I don't think we learned a goddamn thing. The Giants no. are terrible. You know, it's just another week. And by the way, we're not going to know much more about the Cowboys for several more weeks because their schedule is cream puff. I don't know how much they paid to get this schedule. It's the playoffs for them. They got they got to make the playoffs. I think that's assumed that they sh- that they will at least to me, and it's about what they do there. I think the one thing we did find out on Sunday was we all hate the here we go. From Jack. <laughs> Don't we? We all hate that. Here we go. As, oh my God! Enough already. As as much as I hated Broncos Nation, let's ride. <laughs> Here we go. I hate that. That drives me nuts. It does. It, it really does. does. Um, I had high hopes for Saturday, for the Texas Longhorns. I wanted Texas to go out there and kick some ass. Really show that they were, you know who we hope they are, which is a dominant football team. They did not. They almost blew that damn game. And they didn't get the help in any of the games that they possibly could have. And they were all one-score games for Mm. Oregon, for Washington, for Florida State. They were all one-score victories, but they didn't get any help from the teams they needed. But I think, you know, we talked about this last week. Um, Do we think that Texas is going to run the table? Yes, I do. You do? Yes, I do. But I don't think they're going to be very impressive in doing so. In other words, I think against Iowa State, where they're like a seven and a half point favorite, I think they're going to win that football game. But I bet it's close because that's what Texas does. They play these close games. Then you have Texas Tech. What are you What are you wooing and I? No, about? no, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about the, the possibility of a one loss Alabama leapfrogging Texas. I don't think that can happen. Really? I just don't think really? that can happen. The head-to-head is too glaring. And the Alabama's going to lose again anyway. One, one head-to-head. One That's head not true. I take that back. If Alabama, Alabama wins out and beats Georgia, do you put Alabama ahead of Texas? I do. Yeah, I do. probably. You think Alabama's going to beat Georgia? I think Alabama has a chance against Georgia. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I, I didn't like Milrow 
uh, early on in the season, but I watched him on Saturday. He's a terrific player. He's gotten so much better. It's unbelievable. And they're figuring out how to use him, finally. Oh, man. Um, what do you got for me over there, Wally? All right, Wally's I'll give tidbits. You, I'll give you a, cu- a couple of quick ones here. Did you see the Tom Rinaldi interview with Greg Popovich? No, I did about not. About the Air Force Academy. No, I did not. Terrific. Go check that out. Either, either uh, you'll probably find it on Tom Rinaldi's uh, social media. Uh, I, I saw that and Pop talking about the Air Force and and his decision. Was this to a go Veterans there. Day yes. kind of special? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was broadcast on the. I think Fox did their pregame show from the. Uh, from uh, the Air Force Academy yeah. in Colorado. Colorado. Yep. So, oh, cool. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Um, then on the other side of that, you had the QAnon shaman guy. Oh, yeah. Hey, that that, that broke squirrel. It. Yeah. He's running for Congress in Arizona. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Arizona That's... is on the... They're on the... They're they're on the outside looking in when it comes to the stupid states in this country, like this one that we live in, and Florida, and maybe even Ohio. They're right there on the outside, but they're pretty close. They're, they're, they're pretty stupid. Yeah, they're, they're 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 right there. That's a much more clear cut Fourteenth Amendment ineligibility case. Yeah, you would think he right? was part of the insurrection. Yes, no, no question <laughs> about it. Uh, I saw this. Uh, this uh, here in San Antonio, a smoke shop employee gets punched in the face <laughs> trying to stop a shoplifter. Oh. Last week, we had the security guard that was shot when he tried to stop a shoplifter. Um, this is a big problem in this state. It's a big problem in the country uh, because there are so many freaking guns in this country now. Everybody has one. Everyone who carries one in their car, everyone carries one with them. So you can't, businesses now tell their employees, you got a shoplifter, don't confront they've, them. Well, they've always the- told that. They've always told their employees that. I mean, yeah. you have specialized teams, quote unquote, the loss prevention teams that are supposed to do that. But yeah, but you can't bank- now. You can't confront the you those and I I have a sister in law that's in that business of loss prevention for these big corporations. And that's the policy. Don't confront them. Let it go. Well, I mean, well, there's a secondary problem, which is that now we don't prosecute for these petty crimes, right? So there's really no ramification. One way or I get the that. next. But you if you're you know, when when I was when I was you know, a teenager and wanted to go, if I stole something and maybe I took a piece of public gum at a store one time, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I never, I never worried about it. You know, it was still, it was still pretty sneaky and, 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 uh, challenging to, to steal a piece of gum, but I didn't have a gun in my pocket. So, you know, when you have a gun with you, you, you are, you know, you're as courageous as anybody could possibly be because, hey, if that guy tries to stop me, I'll just shoot that bitch. And and there and there's a difference for me for the single, the singleton, the single individual doing the shoplifting, more of a I, I kind of look at it as a Jean Valjean type of situation. Sure. Than a organized ring of people taking advantage of the laws where we don't prosecute and using that as an organized crime type of thing. You've read about that organized crime yeah. shoplifting stuff in New York City? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. Don't um, mess around with the organized crime books, folks. I'm just telling you. Yeah, the people with the vowels at the end of their last name. Wait, um, what's your last a, name? Oh, that brings me to a good story. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me, let me tell you me. one quick thing. <laughs> All right. There is a is wonderful, organized crime? wonderful six-part series on American gun violence by Malcolm Gladwell on his Revisionist History podcast that I just finished listening to on my long drive that's excellent. Excellent. Okay. And it's not slanted. There's a lot of criticism for both sides, um, it's it's an excellent listen. 
Back to organized crime. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll give you an organized crime situation. All right, so back in the day at Wally's Deli in Valhalla, New York, uh, we would have one of those big garbage dumpsters. So a carting company, which is the company that comes and picks up your container, dumps it in an air container, and drives away, is that's what they call it. They call it a carting company because you didn't know. So I would, they would come to my store twice a week and pick up my garbage. Mm-hmm. I paid... Over $300 a month for that service. Okay. Now, that company would come in, not only take my garbage can, but they would take uh, another business's garbage can and an apartment building's garbage can all in the same parking lot. So it was the three of us, right? So they raised their rates. They went from 300, say, three, for argument's sake, 300 to $400. And I go, this is ridiculous. I can't pay this amount of money. I go searching for another carting company. Don't you know that waste management up there is all gangster controlled? Well, I didn't know who was in control of whatever. When the driver's so, name is Tiny or the Snake no. or the That's, Anvil? No, they're 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 far removed from being the driver of the truck. True fact. Some, you know, some some low life is that's not true. Uh, anyway, Somebody with a record is, is driving this truck. Anyway, so I go searching for a carting company, and the guy comes into the store, and, and we talk about it. Um, and I, I go to my contact at the, um, you know, existing carting company. and said, listen, uh, Joe's carting company. Um, actually, you know what? I, I have that wrong. So I talked to the, I talked to the, car, the competing carting company. All of a sudden, I give get a visit from the existing carding uh-huh. company guy. Walks into my store. Now that sounds more like it. I said, Mister Pasquini, we understand that you have been entertaining thoughts of changing carding companies. We would recommend highly that you don't do that. <laughs> and I go, okay, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't do that. All righty, I said, I can't pay the bill. What do we need to do? So they sit me down. What price is going to make it? Is going to make it, you know, good for you? Uh-huh. What can you do? And so, I was I was in my my business for seven, I think seven seven years or eight years. Uh, we went. I went all the way back to year one in my contract with the carding company. That's what I was able to do. So it might have been four hundred dollars. I got it all the way back to two fifty. Wow! And they accepted. They accept. They had no choice. Listen to you. Wow! Because they had no choice because I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna allow them to to you know bend me over the table. I give you props for arguing and 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 making a deal with the mob. And the mob made it up with the other two companies. Or <laughs> yeah. The other two brands. <laughs> And listen, and so I, I, he just told me, he said, well, you know, what What are you going to be able to pay us? I go, I can pay you this. You know, and it wasn't unreasonable. We just went back to year one, which is what we paid in the beginning. I, I can pay you that, but I can't pay you this. Sure. And I did that. I did that they with my. negotiate. I did that with my landlord that owned the building that the business was in. Uh, we t- And my, my mother at that, you know, my mother was my partner in the business. I said, Ma, I said, this is what we're going to do. We were in like year seven. Um, I told her, I said, listen, I said, we're going to threaten to leave uh, because it was our option. And they said, well, uh, we're not negotiating uh, and we're going to put for sale signs for rent signs in your in your store. I said, you could do whatever you want. Uh, we already have a place in mind. If you want to do that, 
then we're going to start the process and move our stuff out of there. They they not only came to the bargaining table, they negotiated with us, and I got back I got back to the rent price that I started with wow. in year one. Quite and, a negotiator. And that allowed me to sell my business. Wow. And that was the idea in the first place. My mother goes, are you sure we're doing the right thing? I said, Ma, I said, trust me. I said, they will come back to us. And they sure did. And we were able to get rid of the store. Very we impressive. Sold, we sold it to somebody who was dumber than I was and, <laughs> and walked out of there. You got anything else before we get out of here? Yes. But let me tell you about River City Refuels before we go, Bob. Thank you very much. River City Refuels, you wonder, what is that? Well, this is what they do is they bring a vending machine or vending machines to your business that's tailored to you and your employees' tastes and likes. Stuff you want. You know, you... you the vending machines don't have Marlboro lights and Parliament lights in them, you know, at the adult men's club anymore. They have stuff in there that you want to have, that you like to drink, that you like to eat, whether it's ramen noodles, uh, I don't know, oat and honey nut bars, any of that kind of stuff, ramen noodles, whatever it is, they have it for you. They stock the vending machine. You don't have to do anything. It's completely a cashless system. You'll love it. Your employees are going to love it. It boosts morale in your business, believe it or not. It's terrific. An office building, an apartment complex, any kind of business, they should have one here in this building that we're doing the show. Uh, if you'd yeah. like to do that, 210-630-5973. Call the boy. 210-630-5973. It'll come right to your business. You'll love it. It's a vending machine for your business. It's River City Refuels. Peace out. Thanks, Wally. How y'all feel out there? Do you feel good? I said, do you feel good? Come on. The groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. I said, the groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. It feel good, don't it? It feel good. Uh-huh. It feel good because you know it's good. Hey, it feel good, don't it? It feel good. Uh-huh. It feel good because you know it's good. Wembayama against Chet Holmgren tonight. Pretty odd. Pretty odd. I didn't know you could have. I didn't know you could have two generational players, but apparently that's what we have. <laughs> uh, are you doing the topic starter again today? I will be doing such. Yes. All right. No donuts today, Bob. I don't want donuts. I'm just asking. It's almost like he got insulted. <laughs> of course he has donuts. But my wife used to buy that crap. And you know what? When I had uh, when I had my heart attack back on March the 1st this year, I actually consciously said to my wife, listen, this is not your fault. I said that to her. It was, it was nice of me because... What's that? I, I would think in the back of her mind she might have thought that because I harped on her constantly in my house. Stop buying all this crap. And she goes, well, don't eat it. I go, you know what? That's not, that's not how life works. I'm not, my wife thinks that every... Have you, have you met Wally? My wife thinks that everybody is made up the same way she is. We all have tremendous willpower, all this kind of stuff. Well, not all of us have tremendous willpower. Some of us, some of us have a... Uh, addictive gene. Yes, yes. So, you know, for those who call, you know, um, 
you know, drug addicts and all that kind of stuff. It's, it is a disease because I think we have a, an addictive gene. That's my personal opinion. I think we, uh, not all of us do, but I certainly do. If it wasn't cigarettes, if it wasn't uh, alcohol, if it wasn't uh, sweets and stuff like you that. You realize you're preaching to the choir here, right? I don't know. Yeah, oh. Okay. If, if I, I, yeah. If I like something, I have dozens of them. Not not just one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't I can I'm not a stopper. I my wife always says I have no off button. Right? Like huh. uh when I drink, I drink. Yeah, but the the, the problem the, Yeah. Yeah, the, I can't do you, that anymore. You've been around me, you know. I, I I've never I've never been around you in a alcohol uh setting. Ever. That's not true. Really? Ever. What are you talking about? When we got in a fucking fight, we were both wasted. I was not wasted. Yes, we were, Walter. No way. Wait, yes. in, in Detroit? Yes. No. Do you really think we got in a sober fight? Well, I all I remember is him throwing the keys at me in a in a like we were in a we like were a at diner a diner at like Denver. three o'clock in the morning. You think there was no alcohol involved? Yeah, I forgot about that one episode. I, I haven't known him that long. I've seen him puke on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> at a bar. And keep drinking. And oh. keep drinking. Really? Yeah. yeah. True fact. That I happened. Can't, I can't drink anymore. I'm not, uh, you know, two. If I, if I have two drinks, two beers, two whatever, that's pretty much it. Really? Is that a. That's a that's self imposed policy? Yes. Or is that just yeah. something that you're feeling? Self imposed. Okay. Right. Good for you. That's what happens when you have, you know, uh, heart disease. Yeah. That's mm. a big problem. I see what you're thinking over there. All right. Y'all ready? Sure. Oh, Why so not? let me, so, so yeah, 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 let yeah, me, yeah, I'll yeah, finish yeah. the story. So, so I, that's what I told my wife. I said, oh, yeah. my wife buys all this crap, donut holes, all these cookies, these cra- these cakes and all that shit. So she, well, don't eat it. I didn't tell you to eat it. I said, yeah, you don't understand something. We're not made like you. I don't have that willpower. So if it's there, I'm going to eat it. You know, I could go through. So should I take the donut holes away? No, I'm not going to eat that. I can't. I can't have. <laughs> I've completely cut sugar out of my. I went to my cardiologist yesterday. I saw Dr. Sal. He said hello. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Sal cut my medication yesterday. So hey, that's good, good for you. 